What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero, and with me, as always, on a Friday, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey, you threw me off. Normally, you say, and oh, what do you normally say? I had it in my head. You don't even know what I normally say. <laughs> I know, but I was ready for you to say it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I already don't remember, but should I start over? No, no, no. It was, it was right. funny, fun. Sorry. I, I don't even know that I have a normal thing. I just sort of black out for the beginning of every show, but that's all right. We're rolling here. It's day two at training camp. You know, sometimes you have a rough day at training camp. That happens to everybody. It happened to Trey Lance yesterday. We'll get into that. We're going to get into, there was actually some wide receiver contract news right before we pushed record. Unfortunately for Niners fans, it's not Debo Samuel. It's actually DK Metcalf from the Seattle Seahawks. So we'll talk about what he got. Some standout performers from day two as well. But we always say, please, please, please take time. Leave a five-star rating on the show. Leave a review. And if you do, we will read it on the show. We greatly appreciate it. We're trying to get our star rating up on Apple Pods. We appreciate everything that's come in. We still got a little ways to go. So please, please, please help us. Let's go with this one. Five-star rating from Armageddon1914. Let's go, Niners Nation. It says, Niner Nation, I've been listening to your podcast for a year and have finally decided to rate you. Thank you. Please do not wait a year to leave us a rating and a review. Uh, You get a five star on Apple Podcast. It would be a four star, but Rob and Michelle would rather have a one versus a four and a one is too harsh. So that's your strategy right there, Michelle, working for us. So thank you. Brilliant. I'm brilliant. The review continues. I love 49ers and five. It's my first listen every morning on the way to work. The Oh Hey There podcast has grown on me. Huge fan of Jason Aponte. Great free agent signing. Thank you very much. We do too. The Shanna plan with KP and Akash is a great listen. Even though I don't think he can pronounce Akash's last name. So he never says Anavarathan. <laughs> That's not nice. Then we get into the heavy hitters in the lineup. I've been a fan of Rob Stats Guerrero since Mike and Mike, which let me tell you, I left ESPN in 2012. So that goes back a long time. You claimed the 49ers then, and so I always wished you were featured more so I can hear more on our squad. Levin and Michelle are both people that I can imagine chilling with at the bar and just arguing and joking with all night. The gold standard with Stats and Levin is great. You two sound like me and my boys arguing and joking with one another. The gold diggers with Stats and Michelle is how you want to cap a great week of podcasting about the Niners. Now, the only knocks on the podcast and the reason for the would have been four stars, even though I give you a five, I missed the 49ers in five. I know it'll pick up after training camp. Yeah, it's already back, baby. We kicked it up this week. We have been rolling with it. There'll be another one every weekday morning for you. It's absolutely back, so you can start all your day. And where is the Monday podcast? I'm sorry. I'm working on it, okay? Look, we don't just let anybody in the Niners Nation network. Like, you got to be good. That's why we hire people like you, Michelle, and people like Jason Aponte. We like good people. I don't want just some random schlep talking about the 49ers. Yeah, and I mean, based off of Twitter, you got some crazies out there. So you're going to have to do a background check on Twitter. At least that can be your background check. (laughs) (laughs) Twitter's not so much a background check as it is. It's a crazy check. And let me tell you, they're out already, Michelle, and we can dive into it right now. So I was live streaming. We were live streaming our day two training camp report from Santa Clara. Kyle Posey's there. Jordan Elliott's there. Jason Aponte's there. We do reports after every day of training camp. They let you know what the good, the bad, the ugly, the whole thing. We have people there. So you don't have to, you know, go to other accounts, any of that stuff. We will tell you the real stuff that happened. 
And the story of day two of 49ers training camp is that Trey Lance struggled. He was inaccurate with his passes. He looked hesitant at times. It just wasn't his best day through a couple of interceptions. Some of the other quarterbacks threw some interceptions too. And as KP and Jordan are saying this, the comments start flooding in. Everyone's a critic. You guys are terrible. He's going to struggle. Like people getting mad. Like we're just telling you what happened and people don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it, but it's it's going to be one of those things. It's going to happen for a little bit longer. Offenses normally look a little rough for all teams at the beginning of training camp. Like they're not really trying to look great yet. They're just, they're just starting out. Like we gotta, so like I get where people are getting mad at you, but at the same time, if Trey Lance throws a bad throw, you can't just be like, Oh, who cares? Like <laughs> if it's supposed to be an easy completion, you know, and he throws it way over their head or isn't accurate. That's something you have to bring up, especially if it keeps happening, then you start to get worried right now. He's knocking off the rust. Right. And that's, that's okay. Hopefully those things don't keep happening. Now, if he tries to go deep and he throws an interception, like that doesn't worry me at all. What worries me more is I was reading um, the report from SB Nation from you guys, and he overthrew like a five-yard little out pass, and he overthrew it by like five yards. That is a little <laughs> worrisome. Like he's going to have to fix that. But again, he hasn't played a full season since 2019. He's a brand new starter. Like he's going to be fine. But while he's struggling, you have to report it. You're not going to just ignore it. It's absurd. It's not going to be champagne and strawberries every day. And and people need to acknowledge this, too, because this is what I saw a lot of the time. Well, he's going up against the number one defense in the league. Yep, that's true. But you know what? Like, don't do that. Don't just hand wave away all of his struggles. Oh, he's going up against a good defense. Oh, he's knocking off the rust. Oh, no, no. Like, acknowledge. He's got accuracy problems. He might never fix that problem with the five-yard out, Michelle. He could be the kind of quarterback that misses a five-yard out and two plays later throws a 30-yard strike in the smallest window, you know, through an invisible keyhole. Like, he, that just might be who he is. We have to acknowledge that, too. Like, it, he might be knocking off rust, or he might just be inaccurate, or it could be some mix of the two. But to just you know, hand wave away any and all bad things about him is crazy. And we have to stop doing this. We got to be realistic here. Yeah. I mean, and coming out of school, if those of you listened to us last summer before the draft, before I even know the 49ers were going to take Trey Lance, I had my own issues with Trey Lance. I thought he was very raw, which turns out he needed a year to sit. Well, maybe he didn't. We will never know. But I thought he was super, super raw. He was super young. And the, his issue was he's fairly very inaccurate like he had accuracy issues and he rarely had to throw into tight windows because it was the defenses he was playing against and they would always run everything was wide open that he passed to so it's going to take a second in practice when he has to deal with these much tighter windows and for him to show success well he has to be better on those short passes and we should see more accuracy there but it's just it's going to probably take the entire summer like I don't think even next week we're going to start seeing glowing reviews about him being like he had a great perfect practice like I think it could take into his second preseason game maybe week three of preseason which I'm holding out that he plays because <laughs> he's playing in Houston and I would love to go see Trey Lance at a preseason game uh play some snaps if you saw him play, like I want like reports from the stadium yeah. <laughs> live reports after every series. How do you look now, Michelle? 
No, I'm going to be so excited just to see all the players, all the youngins fight for that roster spot, but it would be really nice to get to see Trey Lance, but that's a whole other discussion, but like he's going to need some actual game experience as well, other than his two starts last year, but like he's, he's going to make some bad plays in the preseason, I'm sure too, but it's one of those things you got to report and hopefully you see progress throughout the summer. That's what you want to see. But anyone expecting him to have perfect practices are just crazy. I, I, I'm just stunned that like people are so, I know it's scary, right? Like I get it. He's the third overall pick in the draft. They gave up three first. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be gone. There's no safety net now, right? If he sucks, well buckle up. We're just in for a bad year and we don't have a first round pick. Like you got to be willing to face that possibility and acknowledge that he's got flaws. Every quarterback has things they do well and things they don't do well. I don't think Trey Lance is ever going to be a guy that has like the gimme throw, right? Like with Jimmy Garoppolo, five-yard throw over the middle, he was going to hit it pretty much every time. It was going to be in a good spot. The guy can catch a run. Like he had that throw in his bag. Trey Lance has a much different throwing motion. It's very hard to repeat. It's very long. So there's a, a lot of things that have to go right for him to get the ball out and get it in the in a position that's accurate for receivers to catch and run. He's I don't know that he's ever going to have like that precision book it. This throw is always going to be in the right spot. You know, what we talked about a couple episodes ago was that things that he needed to fix and it was his time to throw and his processing like that has it was far too long. Like just it's not a pace that you can keep and be successful in the NFL for a long stretch of time. And the reports coming out of camp is that he is holding on to the ball too long. So I really want to see progress there over the next couple of weeks. Um, that's something I'm going to be really looking at because that matters. Like if you're still holding on to it so long, especially with this interior offensive line, that's about to probably struggle a bit, at least in the beginning of the season while they get uh, some experience and, you know, start to work with each other and have that connection he's going to have to get the ball out sooner. He's going to have to process things faster and find an open man. So that's something I'm going to need to see, need to see progress with. Like just take the a next deep couple breath, weeks. take a deep breath. Everybody just understand that he's going to have bad days. He's going to have bad games. There could be games this year against teams that they should beat where he plays bad and they might lose. This is what you signed up for when you drafted a 20 at the time, 21 year old kid out of North Dakota state, like, come on. And yes, I think he's going to be great. I really do. I think ultimately he's going to be a great quarterback with the potential to make some crazy good plays, but he's not going to be that out of the gate. And just, well, yeah, he was comp to Josh Allen coming out of school and he was comp to Josh Allen as a prospect coming out of school. Like they're the similar prospects, Josh Allen. I loved him. At all times, I loved him. But in 2018, you know, he had he had his issues where you could see flashes of greatness, but made a lot of mistakes. 2019, you saw more flashes of greatness. But, you know, in between, like you said, a deep, beautiful pass that only one of three quarterbacks can make in the NFL, then he would go make some boneheaded mistake. And you're like, what the hell, Josh? I'm like, what's going on? I could see him doing that same type of thing. And then third year, obviously, he had his massive breakout. You can't say any quarterback will have that type of breakout because – just so few do, but Trey Lance, like I, I think Trey Lance is going to be the same type of player where he's going to drive you crazy sometimes, but he's going to make up for it with his massive plays. The thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is he would drive you crazy sometimes and then not make up for it with any big plays. Like the, we talked about this last week, 
really high percentage of turnover worthy plays and really low percentage of big time throws. It's like, that's a worst combination of all time. Right. That's exactly the guy you don't want to quarterback your potential Super Bowl team. And by the way, Josh Allen still makes some throws where he misses guys badly. Like, oh, yeah. we got to stop pretending like all these quarterbacks hit all perfect throws. Some quarterbacks have misses. Some quarterbacks have bad misses. That doesn't make them bad quarterbacks. But like you said, you have to be able to make up for it later on. And we will find out if Trey can do that again. It's day two at training camp. He had a bad day. Just accept it. Accept it and move on. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into some of the secondary because it was a good day for the secondary, as you might expect when the quarterback struggles. And DK Metcalf just got the bag. So we'll talk about how that relates to Debo Samuel. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. Okay, Michelle, Trey Lance struggled, but the secondary did not struggle. And that is an awesome sign for me. I'm super pumped. I want to rub it in your face because you don't like Charvarius Ward and he was so good out there that Kyle Posey described it to me as he looked bored. So, ha, what do you think about that? How do I not like Traverius Ward? I was so pumped about the signing. I loved him. Nope, what are you talking you about? Hated I'm him. the one you that came with all him. the when when I'm the one that came with all the notes. And I gave this note already, but I wanted to bring it back from when they signed him in free agency. War so everything in practice is saying like he is shutting, like he's always on top of them, like shutting people down in coverage. But that's what he's been doing his entire career. This is why I loved the signing then, and I still love it now. So you're you crazy. hated it. I think you're thinking of someone else. But <laughs> Ward allowed, and uh, since 2019, he's allowed a 49.8 completion percentage in coverage. That's the lowest in the NFL, minimum 150 targets in coverage. This is all according to PFF. But listen to these top five, right? The top five guys and lowest completion percentage allowed. It goes Ward, and then it's J.C. Jackson, who we know has been a very good corner. Uh, then we got Casey Hayward, who is getting older, but still has been a great corner in his career and was very good for the Raiders last year. Then we have Jair Alexander, who's fantastic corner. And then Denzel Ward. This group of five is fantastic, and Ward leads it. And so it's not a coincidence that he's having a good camp. This is just the player he is, and he's going to be a great player. Now, he doesn't cause like forced turnovers like the other guys, but this is going to be so different for the 49ers to have a corner that's locked down. If you don't cause cause turnovers, that's one thing. But if you don't give up a ton of completions, that's okay too. The problem with some of the players in the 49ers secondary is that they don't cause turnovers, but they still give up completions. So it'd be nice if, if you could get Ward there, especially playing in the NFC West. A lot of good receivers in that division, in case you're unaware. I love a guy that's a press corner, can lock down somebody and let the rest of the defense do their job. I saw this tweet from Richard Sherman who said before the season is over, there will be a lot of chatter about this 49ers secondary being amongst the best in football market down. They are a problem. Jimmy Ward has been playing at a pro bowl level for years and look for Talanoa Hufanga to shine. So that's an encouraging word from Richard Sherman. You know what I love about Hufanga? He makes it a point to always be the first dude out there on the field all year. Last year, he was the first guy out there. And so far through two days, uh, Jason Ponte and others have like the eyes out and they're like, yep, there's Ufanga again out there on the field. I like that. I like that attitude. And and we've said this could be the best secondary that Kyle Shanahan has ever had. And so far, so good, which is something obviously you love to hear. Yeah. I mean, you got the worst uh, piece gone. So <laughs> you, you gotta be, you gotta be much better. Tart. What did he do to you? How did he hurt you, Michelle? Listen, now he's with the Eagles, and I have to see Eagles fans being like, we got a really solid 
solid safety. I'm like, no, you didn't. You got the worst safety in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, congrats to the Niners secondary. You love to see it. Hopefully that continues. And if Jason Verrett stays healthy for any stretch of time, the secondary is not just going to be good. They're going to be great. If you've got Ward on one side and Jason Verrett, who when he's healthy plays at a Pro Bowl, all pro level, that could be amazing we could actually see some coverage sacks believe it or not. imagine that in 49ers land but you know well and they're going to have to pick it up because last year they allowed a 68.3 completion percentage that was 29th in the nfl allowed a 97 passer rating 25th in the nfl it's like their total passing yards per game didn't look that bad but that does not tell the story of their secondary last year in the slightest uh, so they're gonna have to pick it up from last year and getting ward um, and getting rid of Tart is a really good start. Uh, I, I think this secondary overall should be much better this season, and that's going to be huge for them because when you have that defensive line and they're so good at getting to opposing quarterbacks and you combine that with an upgraded secondary, that's going to be such a nice combination. And hopefully with both of those things together, you end up getting more turnovers because you have such good, good coverage and you're putting pressure on the quarterback that should translate to more turnovers is which we all know the 49ers desperately need this year. But uh, I mean, this defense could be really exciting. Maybe like top three overall. If they're not in the top five, I would be surprised. And if they're not in the top 10, then like something has gone critically, critically wrong, especially with D'Amico Ryan's coordinating in year two. He's a stud. Like enjoy that while it's here, because guess what? He's going to be a head coach next year. So in one more year, D'Amico, Hopefully they're grooming some. Actually, you know what? As I say this, I think Vic Fangio will be the defensive coordinator for next year, but we don't need to skip ahead to 2023 just yet. (laughs) Before we pushed record, Michelle, we got a little bit of news. Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf becomes the latest wideout to get the bag. It is three years, 72 million with 58.2 million guaranteed. Now, Again, keep in mind, we don't know if that's, fully guaranteed at signing or guaranteed for injury. So we'll have to wait for a little more details. But again, another wide receiver getting the bag as we wait for Debo Samuel to sign on the line, which is dotted. Honestly, $24 million a year is is low for DK. I would have thought it would have been $26 million at least. So I'm, I think this is a, a good thing when it comes to Debo, whatever contract they have working right now, this shouldn't have messed it up at all. Cause I, I doubt it's less than 24 million for him. So he should be plenty happy uh, seeing DK Metcalf. has been absolutely amazing to start his career. I know he had a little bit of a down year last year with Russell Wilson dealing with his injuries. He still put up 12 touchdowns though, but he's one of five players in the Super Bowl era era with 3000 receiving yards and 30 plus receiving touchdowns over their first three seasons, including the playoffs. The other guys are Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, John Jefferson from San Diego, random oldie and Odell Beckham jr. So like really nice group there. Uh, so I I'm really happy for DK Metcalf. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. I know I shouldn't be saying that on a 49ers podcast, but I'm happy he got the bag. And I think Debo will end up, you know, beating him with his contract, which is nice as well. The framework is already there. So many receivers have signed that we we know the numbers pretty much by and large, you know, there's a little tweaks here and there, but we basically don't know the numbers. I think Debo's deal is just about agreed to Kyle Shanahan could not have sounded less concerned when he talked about earlier in the week. I think they want to take care of this Jimmy thing. And then once that gets done, 
the De- why I think the Debo announcement will be so lightning fast after that that it's just going to be done. I don't think Debo would be there if his contract wasn't close to done because there's no way he doesn't make a fuss about Jimmy Garoppolo not being at practice, not being at training camp while he's still on the team just because it works out for the team and it's good for the team, but I have to show up when I don't. It's not good for me. So I, I think he would make a much bigger deal of that if there wasn't already something like really close to happening. Yeah, Levin agrees with you, by the way. He, he brought up the same thing yesterday. Like the fact that Debo hasn't kicked up any fuss whatsoever leads you to believe that things are good and that he knows what's up and everybody's comfortable with the situation. So that's a good sign. But again, it's just yet another wide receiver that has gotten the bag and hopefully Debo will too. So uh, I feel comfortable about that. That's no longer a worry for me. And like I said yesterday, like we could just be at a point now where all, there's no drama with this team. Like none, right? The Jimmy will be gone. Just Debo cut Jimmy. What is taking <laughs> so long? No, like, especially now they're like, yeah, we're done. Like they're, they're announcing it, that it's over. Like we already knew it, but now they're saying it to the entire NFL. Like, yeah, we have no plans for Jimmy. So what are, what, no one's going to trade for him. They were never, they already weren't trading for him. And now they know you want him gone. It's like, what are you going to get for him for that amount of money that they would have to pay if they traded for him. I don't know. Just cut him. What's what's taking so long? I think they're still trying to hold out hope that somebody's going to get hurt. I think it's absurd. Like, who cares? Just get, just be done. Just be done. Rip the bandaid off. Um, in terms Even of if someone gets hurt, right? What are they still going to trade for that person? Because they need right. enough cap space to be able to do it. And they know the 49ers want to get rid of them. So you would need two injuries, basically. Two massive injuries throughout the NFL so that they were had a bidding war. And that's the only way that you're going to get anything worthwhile. Like, are you really holding on hope for a seventh round pick? Like just cut him and move on. By the way, talking about wide receivers, I did see this little nugget. Did you see that uh, everyone's favorite North Dakota state wide receiver, Christian Watson's already banged up in green Bay. Well, he had surgery in June knee surgery so he's out of camp and then also sammy Watkins is out with a hamstring injury i mean he's always out but the packers offense is looking brutal brutal and there's already not very many dominant looking teams in the nfc to begin with and the packers were kind of one of those teams that you're like well they should be amazing because they always win a lot of games until the playoffs it's just like and both of the left tackles are still out with their knee issues or both of their tackles, left tackle and right tackle. I don't know. It's it's looking oh, rough boy. for their offense. Boy, you hate to see it, don't you? That's just their a defense. Shame. I do. I think their defense is going to be amazing this year. I really do. But I think their I don't offense think so. is going to struggle. I think their defense is on paper could be the best defense in the NFL. I don't think their defense is nearly as good as it looked last year. Did you? Did you see the list of quarterbacks the Packers played last year? They played a collection of stiffs stiffs like let's I get that, but their, their depth chart and their you know the, i said on paper their defense on paper looks legit like there's yeah. not a spot there's not a group that you're like you're kind of it's there's not even a spot where you're like oh yeah this this player is not very good as a starter it's like no they're all really solid to great starters their secondary is but very, their very offense good. on the other hand yeah their linebackers good their defensive line is good I mean, it's it's a nice like when you have your first round defensive tackle right now uh, scheduled to be a backup. <laughs> like 
you you have a you have a good thing going for you. I'm sure he won't yeah. be, but let me just make my point about the quarterbacks. Here's who the Packers played. Justin Fields twice, who was horrible. Taylor Heineke. Sean Mannion instead of Kirk Cousins. Tyler Huntley instead of Lamar Jackson. Russell Wilson's first game back after he missed three games for his finger injury. Baker Mayfield's first game back after his shoulder injury. Kyler Murray, who, you know, can't even study game film, apparently. Like, that's five games <laughs> against rookies or backups and three games against quarterbacks who were either playing at less than 100% or players who were hurt in the middle of the game like Kyler Murray was against the Packers. They were 8-0 in those games, as you would expect, right? They were 5-4 and four in nine other games last season. So, again, you can tell me the Packers' defense is great. I got to see it against some real competition, and I'll take the 49ers' defense over them any day of the week. The 49ers also played some pretty easy teams last year as well. They had Trevor Lawrence. They had Justin Fields. They had uh, Davis Mills. They had Jared Goff. They had week two of Jalen Hurts. Well, you can't throw Jalen Hurts in there when you love him, when you've been singing his praises for a year. I know, but then you played Kyler Murray, uh, you know, and you just put him in to the group of the other group. Right. Did y'all play him twice or only once? Once. Yeah, because the backup killed Yeah, because Colt McCoy came in and <laughs> murdered us. <laughs> yeah, so you played Colt McCoy. So, like, every team plays a lot of bad quarterbacks. It's just the norm. I mean, it's it's more rare if you have to face, like, all great teams throughout a year. That really sucks, but that does happen. Yeah, color me a non-believer in the Packers' defense, but I see your point. That's a fair point in response, I have to admit. See, I'm I can be logical and rational when you bring up good points. I can do it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, I did want to bring up quickly that my boy Marquise Brown is already injured for the Cardinals. Uh, so if he's not ready to go, it's a hamstring injury. Those are so annoying. Mm. Uh, hamstring injuries can just linger forever. And without Hopkins, I mean, the Cardinals could really be struggling the first six weeks if Brown's not healthy anytime soon then you got the dallas michael gallup news that uh he's already saying he won't even be close to ready by week one that's huge the cowboys <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of news coming out for the nfc it's like okay all right i mean we're never ruining for injuries of course but hearing them you're like okay like come on put this all together and you have a real shot of making a good run here isn't it just great? I just have football news back, like real football news. Not like, did you see where this guy was listed on the top 10? Like, no, we got legitimate stuff happening now. It's back, baby. It's back. We got all day long ITC coverage inside training camp on NFL Network. If you want to just sit there <laughs> and watch football all day long, it's pretty great. I just, I, that I don't get bored by training camp. I could just watch the stupidest highlights. Like, you know, they're so pointless, especially the seven on seven ones where no one's like, there's no pressure, no anything. I don't care. I want to see highlights Yeah. and just make me happy. As long as a player I thought was going to be good. If it's a player that I thought was going to be bad, then the play doesn't matter. You know, KMBR tweeted out like all of Lance's throws that were like circulating around the internet yesterday. I like stopped everything I was doing to go watch it. I was like, I must, I must dissect every one of these throws. Ooh, can I get another angle on this throw? And I'm watching it all. I admit it. And I, I totally like, you're right. It's stupid. It's pointless. It's seven on seven, whatever. I don't care. I do, just give it to me. I just, I want it. Shut up and take my money. Where's my Tay Martin news. 
I, you know, I haven't heard anything about Tay. I got to ask KP. I'll ask him and I'll ask Jason Aponte tomorrow. Like specifically. I want something in every day's training camp. <laughs> I want to know about Tay Martin and how he looks in training camp. I want it to be at the bottom of every article. All right. I promise I'll, I'll see if I can get more info on that. Last thing I want to get to, and uh, this is selfish, but I put a poll up on NinersNation.com about how much Trey Lance should play in the preseason because I was talking with Levin about that yesterday. He said that they're going to try and keep Trey like under wraps. They're not going to play him that much because they kind of want to be able to you know, unveil him when the season begins. I disagree. I think he should play as much as humanly possible because the biggest question about him is inexperience. I put up a poll. How much should Trey Lance play in the preseason? There were three options at least the first half of every game, a lot in the second game, but not much else, or as little as possible to keep him healthy slash hidden. 59% of the voters went with at least the first half of every game. And the second middle option was the second highest at 24%. So play a lot in the second game, but not much else. So people want to see Lance and they want him out there. Do you agree? I want him out there. I mean, selfishly, I really want him playing week three. Like I said, yeah, I want to see him in, in person, but I think it's more important to get him the reps than it is to keep him hidden. Whatever that means. Ooh, take that Levin. So Patrick, Patrick Mahomes did play in all three games in 2018 in his second season preseason. He had 43 pass attempts. Um, so not a ton. But he did play in all three games, so he appeared. Oh, I guess there was four games back yeah, then. Yeah, I was going to no, say. He played three of four, but now there's only three. Like I think with only being three, you play him a little bit in week one, and then uh, first half in week two. If he, It depends on how well he does in week two uh, for how much he would play in week three. But let's say he goes out in week two, he still is making some errors. You can't just be like, oh, we need to hide him. He can't play week three. Like, no. If he comes out and lights the world on fire in week two, sure, sit him in week three. Like, Okay, cool. He did his thing. But I think a lot of that's going to depend on how good he looks in the first two games and do they feel he still needs a practice. But it'd be really silly to care if what the NFL sees about him. That's not going to change anything. You're very silly, Levin. I, that's great. I'm going to cut that <laughs> up and play it for him. How do you like Me and that? Levin, Levin and I agree on almost nothing. Or Yeah, we agree on nothing on Twitter. We just do not see eye to eye. It's true. He feeds into all the trolls, though. Like, he lets them all it, he lets them come at him or like he lets them eat him alive and i'm like this is what they want they, he reacts to everything he reacts i'm like you're feeding the trolls like a delicious steak dinner <laughs> uh yeah and he's like yeah it's all like it's not just him it's a lot of 49ers fans always like it's just for clickbait it's just for click and then but stop engaging if you think it's just for engagement then stop engaging Guys, so just making yourselves right. miserable. It's like a fish staring at a hook in the pond and saying, you just put that worm on there because you want me to bite it and then biting it. Yes, exactly. I mean, I guess if you think worms are that yummy, you're going to do it no matter what. But you just, if they would stop, they would stop being trolls if people stop feeding them. We need to get all three of us on a show together. That's what we need to do. That would be fun. I, I don't know what would happen. I don't know. You guys might end up loving each other or you might, it might be like a battle royale, <laughs> which I kind of would sign up for either one. That sounds amazing. No, I think we ended up having a great time. Yeah. Levin and I have actually never spoke like on a live stream. Any, anywhere other than Twitter. Right. And it's it's crazy, too, because Levin joins me on a lot of these sort of extra shows that we end up doing. 
because he has a really flexible work schedule and you are always working during football because you work for the NFL network. So you guys haven't really crossed paths. It's been, uh, what do they call it? Ships, ships passing in the night, something like that. I don't know, oldie. I don't know. You would, you would. What? Uh, you don't know expressions. That's, uh, young people <laughs> no, don't know that. idioms. Like not, not that one. Not that one. Ships passing in the night. It's a thing. It's a thing. Hit me up on Twitter at stats on fire. Hit up Michelle at ball blast them. Tell her it's a thing. I'm not some old fuddy duddy. This is a thing that generally people know. I will say to get back on track with football, because this is what people are here for. I'm very happy to see that Brandon Ayuk is killing it in practice. And I wanted to take back what I said last week. Uh because, Well, a, it was one of the 49ers reporters that said it. I, I won't call it his name because we don't need to do it. We're going to find him. Nope. Call but him out. It was Jack Hammer who said, there that, you, you go. Know, he looking, I don't even know really who the guy is. I just know him on Twitter. He said he was struggling, but it turns out every other report says basically the opposite. So we're going to go with every single other report. <laughs> and over the last, especially over this week, I mean, it's been glowing reviews about Ayuk and even some people saying, I mean, it's hard because Devo's not there. So, like, we don't know who Trey Lance's favorite target's going to be. But, I mean, I saw today that, you know, it could be Ayuk who, lead, Ayuk who leads this group uh, this year in rece- receiving yards, which I still think it's not up to Lance. I think it's up to Shanahan, and Shanahan loves Debo. So I still think it's going to be him. It may be, but don't forget, Debo was a second-round pick. Brandon Ayuk was a first-round pick, and when Kyle Shanahan drafted him, he was practically dancing in his little room he was giddy because he's very talented and he should have been used more last year i agree with <laughs> you, you i get so frustrated because i really loved him in fantasy and I know. he did not help me <laughs> i could see the anger wash over you um uh, i agree i've said it a million times i think that nobody was held back i think he's way better than people realize i i really do after the catch he's really good now he doesn't do it the same way after the catch that debo does because debo just trucks people Ayuk runs around and runs away from people but he's still really good he led the nation in yards after catches last year in college like i think we have the best is yet to come from brandon Ayuk, and i can't wait to see it you have a great young duo you have a great tight end hope if trey lance hits man oh my god this offense will be the next bills offense the next chargers offense the next Bengals offense if you just get that right piece at quarterback if trey lance can hit like those young guys you have all the pieces in place like they're going to this this could be one of the most fun offenses to watch uh trey lance needs to hit we think he's gonna hit uh but man it could be it like it could be a totally different 49ers team that i've ever watched right because normally they're yeah was i alive during the montana montana days steve young days if you don't know (laughs) i would well let's see what year were you born michelle I think I'm live during song, but was Joe Montana. Steve Young. Steve Young's last year was 1999. Okay. I, well, I said I think I was alive during Steve Young, so I was right. Relax. Uh, <laughs> when was Joe Montana's last year? Montana. For with 49ers, his last year was 1992. Even though he had 15 pass attempts, so really 1990. I was not alive yet. I was not born until 1991. My God. Stop acting like I'm so much older than you. I was born in 1985. I'm six years older than you. You're acting like I'm 70 saying, years old. Well, 
well, you act a lot older than me, but so I was correct on Joe Montana and Steve Young. I ended up getting there, but yeah, I probably sound stupid right now. And nobody's going to listen to me any, any longer on this podcast <laughs> and take me seriously. I am desperately trying to get Steve Young to come on the show because next week is the 100th episode for Levin and I and the gold standard podcast. And Steve Young is like his like athlete, you know, like a poster on the wall athlete. So I am desperately trying to get Steve Young to come on the pod as a nice thing to do for my co-host, who's not doing a damn thing nice for me for our 100th episode, but that's just the kind of guy I am. Wait, when's our episode? We are at, this is episode 48, so we're halfway there. We'll get there. Don't worry. We'll get there, and when, when we do, I'll do something nice for you, I promise. That's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers Podcast. Again, please keep your ratings and your reviews coming. I promise you, if you leave a review, we will read it on the show. Michelle, hope you have a fantastic weekend. Keep following along with all the training camp reports on the Niners Nation YouTube page. You can get every update you want to know, so you'll get your Tay Martin news, I promise. Yeah, every single practice. I want a Tay Martin line. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Bye, y'all.